You're listening to episode 67 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field, and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer, and let's get to the show. For all of my friends that are with me struggling with productivity, like how do you master your calendar and ensure that you're getting the things done that are actually going to move the needle? How do you focus on the right things? What do you do to navigate that? Like, how do you even know what the right things are? Well, that is why we have expert in productivity, Tanya Dalton, on today's show. She is an author, a speaker. She has founded Inkwell Press Productivity Company, and that's a company centered around creating actual productivity tools and trainings. And she just created and launched the book of The Joy of Missing Out. So we hear all the time about FOMO, fear of missing out. Well, she's kind of flipping the whole thing on its head and saying, actually, there's a joy in missing out on things. There is a reason that not everything deserves a space on your calendar and in your life. So that's why Tanya is the perfect person to come on today to talk all about business management, productivity, the pursuit of your passions, and making sure that you are taking on the right things, saying no to the wrong things, and mastering your calendar to get the output and the outcomes that you want. So let's dive into today's show and learn all that we can from Tanya. I have my notebook ready to rock. Let's do it. Okay, Tanya, so we at Scaling Up are beyond ready for this conversation and to have you on today because I feel like we need us some ownership over our calendars <laughs> and yes, mm-hmm. knowing what to how to prioritize the things that are important to us. And uh, we have a lot of people coming from many different angles. We've got busy parents that are also running businesses or people that are working full-time still and, and building their business on the side or wanting to break into entrepreneurship. So this is an ideal conversation for our crew. Thank you so much for being here. I love it. I love it. These are all things I love talking about. So I can't wait. So I personally love this topic. I was just talking about this with my husband yesterday. And I have yet, as an entrepreneur of 10 years and and working with other entrepreneurs, have met someone who isn't in some way, shape, or form battling this issue every day. Like Mm -hmm. feeling like they're, you know, wanting to be more productive, but we're never at the level we want to be at. So I'm curious. So true. Yeah. Before we dive into the how, because that's obviously why people are going to be excited to hear from you, (laughs) how on earth did you find yourself as the expert in productivity? Have you always mastered this? Like what led you here? Yeah, I love this question because I think a lot of times we have to walk through the fire before we can really, (laughs) we can really earn those, you know, those accolades of being an expert. You know, for me, honestly, productivity is one of those natural gifts that I, I have already But um, I went through a season in my life, especially when I was starting my first business. And I started my very first business when my kids were really little, literally playing at my feet. My desk was, you know, one foot by two feet and it just was in the kitchen. And it's because I wanted to have a space where I could see the kids, I could see where they were playing or if they were watching TV or doing those things while I was sitting there working. And, you know, I've gone through all of those phases that a lot of entrepreneurs experience because, you know, I feel like I talk to all these different people and it doesn't seem to matter what phase of business they're in or what industry they're in or how old they are. 
I ask them, you know, how's your business? How's your life? How are things going? And the word I hear again and again is overwhelmed, yeah. overwhelmed. And it's so easy to understand because, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, we are wearing all the hats, you know, we're wearing the finance hat and the operations hat and the marketing hat and the CEO hat and the, all the hats, even if we don't look good in hats, we're putting them all on. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so I had to go through that period myself where it was like, you're running around driving yourself crazy, saying yes to all the things you're afraid to say no to any opportunities because it might mean, you know, that your business won't grow. It means you're not really a true entrepreneur, all those things. And I went through a phase in my life where I was wearing myself out, where I was so busy checking things off my to-do list that I was wearing myself out, but slipping into bed at night thinking, oh, didn't get enough done today didn't work mm -hmm. hard enough, fussed at the kids, you know, it didn't have enough patience, wasn't enough essentially. And so for me, it really was this realization that there is a big difference between being busy and being productive. I think so often we're spinning ourselves in circles, unsure of where we should go next because there's so much to do, right? And so yeah. because we're trying to do hashtag all the things, because social media tells us we should be, this is how entrepreneurship works, all the things, all the opportunities. We're wearing ourselves out and we're spreading ourselves so thin, we're not really able to grow our businesses. We're not really able to thrive and become the entrepreneur we wanted to be. I mean, let's be honest, no one signed up to be an entrepreneur or to own their own business because they wanted to work long hours, right? We do it because we want the freedom. We do it because we want to be able to focus in on the things that are important to us. And for many of us, that is our family, or the things we're passionate about, you know, we want to make an impact. We want to provide good into the world, but we're wearing ourselves out. And so for me, it really was getting through a season of understanding what is busy, what is productive, how are those really different? And that made a huge difference for me. You know, so often we think productivity is about doing more. It's really about doing what's most important. It's not about checking a thousand things off our list. It's about checking off a few things that really do drive us and drive our business forward in the direction we truly want. That's how you scale. That's how you grow. And, you know, I had my first business and I learned a lot through that first business. And so when I opened up Inkwell Press, the company that I have now, we were able to scale very quickly. We scaled to seven figures within 18 months with three employees, me, my husband, and one other person. Wow. I think so often we think we have to have a big team. We have to be doing all these different things. I was doing fewer things, making more money, getting more customers because I was really focused. And I think that's really what I'm out there to talk to people about. We don't have to do everything. Let's do the things that are really focused in on what's most important to us. And that will drive us. That will drive our business to the heights we really want to go to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I so agree with that. And I think we don't have a productivity problem as much as we have a prioritization problem. Like, let's be real. Like, is there ever going to be a day where you feel like you got everything done? Like the, there is mm -hmm. no end to a to-do list, especially if you're managing a business, plus put a family on top of it or a home or another job or whatever. There's just, you're never going to have that fully satisfied moment of like, oh my gosh, look at that. Now I can kick yes. my feet up and there's nothing left for me to do. So <laughs> Everybody listening right now is like, kick your feet up. What is right. that about? Yeah, you know exactly. what that looks like anymore. I know, you know I know. LinkedIn it's... found that only 11% of professionals finish their to-do list every day. Yeah. That means 89% of people are ending their days thinking, oh, I didn't do enough. 
Yeah. We're Even ending failures. All day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing worse than feeling unsatisfied, unsuccessful at the end of your day. We want to end our day saying, you know what? Today felt good. Today yeah. felt solid. And we're not ending nearly enough days that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I love this concept that you have of like finding your yeses because that's what it's really about is, you know, having those focal points of your day that you know are the priorities that you're, you're heavily energized working towards. And there are things that you're saying yes to, and there are things that you're very adamantly saying no to, because we know that like when you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And if you don't have your priorities in order, you don't know if you're saying yes to the right thing. So can we talk through that and how it relates to the calendar specifically? Like, how do you know what deserves time on your calendar? How do you learn to prioritize? How do you break this down? I would love to get your, your insight on that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I do, I truly believe you're right. It really is a priority problem. You know, we feel like we don't have the time. It's really, we need to prioritize. We have all the time that we need. We really do. You, me, Beyonce, we all have the same amount of hours in the day, but we're all choosing how we're spending that time. And so when we have something like a to-do list, we are running ourselves ragged, checking a thousand little tiny tasks off our list because first of all, it feels good. Let's be honest. It feels really good to cross things off our list. And the thing that happens is so often we're, we're choosing the low hanging fruit, the easy things to check off because we like that feeling of checking it off. The low hanging fruit is not where you're going to grow your business. It's not where you're going to grow professionally or personally. It's not really places that you're going to be cultivating a good life for yourself. So I think really one of the first things we want to do is we really want to understand what is truly important. And here's the trick. What's important to you is not necessarily the same thing that's important to me or my neighbor or my best friend or the entrepreneur down the street who's maybe even in the same industry. We have different priorities. So I tell people, first of all, we really want to make sure and discover what is important to you. And in the book, we walk through this whole four-step process to really get you there of discovery, clarity, simplicity, and then harmony. So the first step is discovery because let's create a system that's centered around you. I think that's one of the things too with productivity that people think there's this magic system or there's this magic pill and suddenly we're going to be successful when really the reason why productivity has failed you in the past is because you're trying to work your life around this system that works for somebody else. Let's create the system so it works around you. Let's put you front and center and wrap the system, customize it so it works to your strengths and your weaknesses and to what is truly important to you. So one of the things I think is really important is, especially in your personal life and in your professional life, to understand what I call your North Star, which is your mission, your vision, and your core values. So your mission statement tells you why you do what you do. It doesn't just tell you what you do. It says, why do you do it? You know, for most of us, we are answering a question. We're solving a problem, right? There's a reason why we're doing it. So why we do what we do. Our vision statement is where we want to go. Where do we want to go with this business? Where do we want to go with our own life? Where is it we want to go? And then our core values answer the question of how. How are we going to get there? You know, what's important to me? Like, for example, one of my core values for my business is family. That we are a family first company. That means family first for me. It means it for my team and everybody I work with. So I make sure I create systems that work to that advantage, right? That's part of my how. So when you have this North Star, why you do what you do, how you're going to do it and where you want to go, that allows you to use that as a guiding light to really let you know what are the opportunities you want to say yes to, what do you want to say no to, because we want to say no. Here's the thing. We don't want to say yes to everything. Opportunity will knock. 
more than once. I can promise you it will. But here's the thing is when we have this North Star to act as our initial filter, it allows us to easily see, you know what? This isn't the right opportunity for me. Or, ooh, this is really going to get me where I want to get. This is part of that vision I have for myself. So when we start to realize that we have this North Star that really helps guide us, we can use that as our first filter for understanding what's important. Is it connected to your North Star? The other things we can ask ourselves, whether things are important or not, is, is it linked to a goal? Our goals are basically little stepping stones to get to that vision of where we want to go, right? Is it linked to a goal? Is it essential? Is it something that absolutely positively has to be done by me, can't be delegated to someone else, can't be, you know, gotten rid of altogether? And then is it advantageous? You know, is this something that's an investment? What we're doing today needs to plant the seeds for fruit to bear in the future, right? In our business and in our personal life. So I think so often people get that idea of, well, if it's urgent, it has to be important. So important are things connected to your North Star, linked to your goals, essential, advantageous, and things that are urgent are merely tied to time. They just have a deadline. So we have to stop feeling like we have to put out all those fires just because they're pinging at us or screaming at us because a lot of those things aren't really important. And that's why we end up chasing our tail. That's why we end up trying to do 50,000 things in our day and, you know, and we don't accomplish them all. So when we understand what's really important, we can prioritize and we can revolve our day around it. So, you know, you mentioned the to-do list and, you know, and I said that only 11% of people finish their to-do list. It's very defeating because it's very unorganized. It's really chaotic and it doesn't tell you where to start. I like to tell people overwhelm isn't having too much to do. It's not knowing where to start. When you know where to start and you know what you want to work on first and what you want to work on next, it's so empowering. It really builds our confidence, right? And it ensures that the big important work is getting done. So I usually tell people, got to toss that to-do list, which I know makes people like, oh my gosh, but I love my to-do list. But here's the thing. Let's make a priority list instead. A priority list is essentially a to-do list with intention. It's really taking those things that you want to accomplish for today and prioritizing them. Starting at the top, there's three categories to your priority list. Starting at the very top with things that I call escalate. So these are things that are important. So again, connected to that North Star, linked to your goals, essential, advantageous, and they have an urgent deadline. So they have something that's coming up right away. So it could be getting, you know, the work to your client that's due tomorrow, or it might be, you know, finishing up a presentation that's happening at the end of this week. Things that have an urgent deadline, but are still tied to your goals, tied to your North Star and all of that. So that's our top category. We want to start our day accomplishing some of those big tasks. And then the next category is our cultivate tasks. So cultivate is just like it sounds. We are investing in ourselves for the future. So these are tasks that are important, tied to our North Star, connected to our goals, but they don't have an urgent deadline. These are the areas where you're really going to see big, huge leaps and bounds in our professional growth and in our personal growth. But because there's no urgent deadline, they tend to get pushed aside. So this could be something like creating a marketing plan for the next quarter or creating your budget for the year, reconciling your finances. So they don't have to be done by a certain date. They're really important to do because they're going to help drive you forward. And then our very last category are accommodate tasks. So these are the tasks that do have an urgent deadline. They need to happen. They need to, you know, because they're an urgent deadline, 
but they're not truly important. They're not really driving us towards that life we want. So we call them accommodate because we either do them at the end of the day or we just kind of stick them in wherever they fit. We accommodate them somewhere in our day. We don't revolve our day around the unimportant tasks. Even though they're urgent, we're not gonna revolve our day around it. We're still gonna get them done, but we're not gonna start our day doing them. So we start our day at the top with escalate, work our way down through cultivate, and then finally accommodate. And when we structure our day like that, when we take the time to really make our calendar work for us, we do end our days feeling satisfied. We do feel more accomplished because we're doing the important work. And that's where satisfaction lies. That's when we feel like, you know what, girl, you did good work today. I mean, when's the last time you patted yourself on the back and said, nice job at the end of the day? Or are you spending your evenings going, gosh, I should have done more, didn't do this right, didn't do that right, I should have done that, should have done this. We're shooting on ourselves all the time. Let's instead create a day that's really designed to work for you, not against you. I love that because the other issue I see, because I've lived it, is we do this on repeat expecting it to change. <laughs> yes, yes, so true. <clears throat> and it's exhausting. I mean, I just had a day the other day where my husband asked me at the end of the day, how was your day? And I said, I lived in the tasks today. Like it was a, I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it and I wasn't disciplined about this process and knowing, you know, usually I set like my big three things that I'm my focal points for the day that are those priorities. And I just didn't practice that discipline. And sometimes that's what it comes down to too, is like, I could anticipate people saying, oh my God, this is so enlightening. This is great. I'm going to follow her process. Day one, they do it. Awesome. They felt really good. Day right. two, it's not an ingrained habit. So Fires right. start popping up and they start putting them out. So how do you recommend that people start to embrace this as a new habit and understand yes. kind of the psyche of it, that this isn't mm -hmm. just going to happen overnight? Yeah, I think that's the thing is any sort of really good change requires time, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be, we flip a switch and suddenly we're done. We're through. We're, we're all good. We are all works in progress and evolving and growing and changing. I love what you said there about how do we make this a habit? Because that's really part of it right? We want to ingrain it as a habit because habits are things that we're doing without even really thinking about it. We're just creating what I like to call the rhythm of your day without having to stress about it, without having to worry about it because it happens automatically. In fact, right now, 40 to 45% of your daily actions are actually habits. Duke University found that in a study. So we already have habits built in. Why don't we create habits for good? Habits that do fulfill us. Habits that make us feel good at the end of the day. And so this is one of them. Sitting down and doing the priority list really does create a habit that allows your day to feel achievable and really like you accomplish something. So it's not going to happen overnight. And it does take some thought. It takes a little bit of a mindset shift to change how you're doing things, which just means we're taking some intentionality into it. We're being very intentional with how we structure our day. And one of the things I like to tell people is we should be processing each day as it comes. So make it part of your routine that when you come into your workspace, whether that be your kitchen table where you're doing your work or whether it's an office space or whether it's, you know, out in the garage and you have a studio or wherever it is, when you come in and sit down, start by figuring out where do I want my day to go? It's funny that we expect our, ourselves to be able to create a day that feels like we've accomplished something. We wouldn't get in the car and anticipate driving across the country without a map, but we do that with our days. We don't map them out and take the time to really process them. 
if we take that time to really think about where do I want to be at the end of the day? How do I want to feel? What do I want to have accomplished? We can start creating that rhythm and we can map out that priority list. So for me, what I do is that's the first 10 minutes of every workday is sitting down, creating that priority list. So I know exactly what I want to do. And I've established that as a habit. So one of the ways I started establishing that is I left my planner sitting out on my desk with the pencil or a pen so I knew I was ready to go. There was no way for me to just open up my computer because that planner was in the way (laughs) and it needed to be filled out. So having those visual cues or even setting like a reminder on your phone, like if you're in work mode starting at, let's say nine o'clock, maybe you set it on your phone for like 8.58. Don't forget to plan today. You know, it's okay. We, we think that we're supposed to just, you know, like you said, flip a switch and start doing things, but we need reminders. We need these cues to, in order to establish these habits. And there's going to be days where you get off track. There's going to be days where you don't plan, but pay attention. How, how did you feel when you didn't plan? Mm-hmm. Let's make sure and adjust and get right back on that path the following day because we want to feel good. I think we undervalue that idea of happiness. We undervalue that feeling of satisfaction slipping into bed at night. And let's really focus in on that and decide, how do I want to feel today? One of my favorite things about running this podcast is hearing from you guys. You guys have given such incredible feedback, both in your reviews on the show, but also reaching out to me personally and to our team saying, hey, could you give us more of this? Or we loved when you talked about that. So one of the things we keep hearing is, is there a place like where we can all gather? Do you have a community for this? And the truth is, For season one, we were so caught up in bringing you value and content. We didn't spend the time to create the community, but the community was there. It just wasn't all in one place. Well, now we're going to have one place to coexist and rising tide raises all boats. We are going to lift each other up as we scale our businesses. This is an incredible community that we are opening the doors to that is going to give you access to incredible guest speakers, other members of the community who you can lean on. This is almost like a giant mastermind where you're going to be able to share, ask questions, share your wins, and get so many like-minded go-getters there ready to lift you up through the process. So when you need something, this is going to be a place to go. When you have a win to share, this is going to be the place to go. So we are opening up the Scaling Up podcast community. And if you want in, we are going to kick it off with the most incredible challenge. We did an episode... Actually, we've done a couple episodes on the idea of conversions. Like, how do you get more sales? If you're here and you're listening to this and you have a business or you want to start a business, ultimately, you're going to have to sell something. And because you guys rallied around these particular episodes so much and have asked so many questions about how you can implement these things into your business, we decided we're going to do a free how to sell anything challenge. And we are going to host it in the brand new group, the brand new community for this amazing group of Mavericks. So make sure you go to the link in today's show notes so that you can snag your spot, your special seat at the table in the Scaling Up Podcast community and get access to this challenge. You will be the first to hear about it. So go there, drop your email so that we can send you the information. You don't miss out on this free challenge that should cost a lot of money and ultimately will likely turn into a mini course and will cost money. But if you want it for free and you want access to this community, go to the show notes, snag that link, drop your email, save your seat. I can't wait to see you at the table.
And so really, if we start establishing this as a morning habit for ourselves, and it doesn't have to happen, you know, as soon as you brush your teeth, for me, this processing happens after I've, you know, done my whole morning routine, I've taken the kids to school, dropped off at the two different carpools <laughs> we do each morning, drive into my office space, I sit down, first thing I do as soon as I sit at my desk, drink my tea, I fill out my plan of what I'm going to do today, my priority list, and my day gets going. What happens is if you just get into your office space, and when I say office space, again, it could be your closet, it could be your kitchen, it could be wherever. But if you get in that space and you just hit the ground running, you're, you're already in like reaction mode all day. You're putting out fires and you're already off and running. Take that intentional space to really plan out how do I want today to run? Because truly you own your time. You have control over your calendar and where the day takes you. We just have to take back that ownership and sitting down and giving yourself that five or 10 minutes to do this activity. That's a start. That's really where we begin. Yeah, absolutely. Do you typically do this practice in a notebook or do you have a favorite planner that you've found works well? I um, actually own a planner company, so I use my planner. <laughs> oh, awesome. So, yeah. So, you know, in the book, we talk about all these systems. And then I also have been selling my products, you know, online at Office Depot and Office Max stores for the past five years. And so the products that I create have the priority list already built into it. So you can really just have that structure already there. So those are by Inkwell Press. Obviously, I love them. I really like planning to be something that people look forward to. So, for me, when it came to designing my planners, I wanted something that was highly functional, but also very beautiful to use and felt very high quality because I kind of equate this to like a Japanese tea ritual. You can drink tea and it can be no big deal, or you can make it this beautiful ritual that you look forward to and that you enjoy and that you savor. And that's what I want planning to feel like. I want you to look forward to opening up a beautiful planner, writing on nice thick paper that feels good to the pen, that feels enjoyable to really encourage you to want to plan. I think that's yeah. a, a really big difference for how I feel about planning versus how a lot of people feel like, oh gosh, it creates a structure and it's not something I want to do. Let's make it something we look forward to. Let's make it something that feels good to us. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So let's talk about this concept of, you know, your book is called The Joy of Missing Out. I love that. I love the play on FOMO because that's where everyone's head is right now. But the reality yes. is, is that when you are just trying to get your hands in everything, you're accomplishing nothing. So where did that's this true. concept come from? And I love the title, but let's talk more about it to us. Yeah. Well, I feel like, especially when it comes to business, we have a ton of FOMO, yeah, don't totally. we? Yeah. Because we're so busy looking at what everybody else is doing and we're worrying that this person over here is killing it. So I should be doing all the things that they're doing. And in reality, they're doing those things because they work for them. They play to their strengths, right? And they play mm -hmm. to their weaknesses. We don't need to worry about what everybody else is doing. And when it comes to our businesses too, we're afraid to pass by opportunities because we feel like, oh, that's not good for my business. In reality, if we actively choose to miss out, if we choose the opportunities we want to say yes to, if we choose to say yes out of joy instead of guilt, if we choose to move forward in one central direction towards the life we want and the business we want to grow, we really can't find happiness that's already nestled there, right there in our days. It's just that we're so busy, we don't see it. It's, you know, caught and it's lost in that clutter and the noise and the 
the busyness of our days that we forget to grasp a hold of these moments of happiness and joy. Because I truly believe we all have happiness in our lives, but it's really hard to see. So it's this idea of let's actively choose to miss out. Let's choose to miss out on being busy. Let's choose to miss out on saying yes to everything. Let's choose to miss out on feeling obligated and the guilt and feeling like we got to give into perfectionism. And let's instead choose to find the joy because it's right there already. And so really that's what the book is all about because, you know, I wanted to write something that was really inspirational where it's like, oh yes, this is what I want, but was really actionable. So I feel like there's a lot of books out there that are like, oh, you should be doing this. And you're like, oh, that feels so good. And you close the cover and you're like, now what? I wanted people to be like, all right, here's the steps I can take. Or, oh, I like this and pick and choose what we talk about in the book to really start actively applying so you can see some immediate changes in your own life. Because mm-hmm. it really is possible. I'm, you know, I have a seven figure business. I've written a book. I have a, a podcast. You know, we sell our products. I leave work every day at 3 p.m. Every day. I mean, very rarely am I at the office past three o'clock because at three o'clock I go home and I put my mom hat on and I'm helping kids with homework and I'm hanging out with my kids and I'm really not thinking about work. So it's possible to grow the business you want when we do less. I like to tell people that, you know, you could take 50 steps in 50 different directions, but where are you going to end up? I mean, you might end up in the same space. You might end up further behind from where you are. But if instead you chose to take only five steps, five steps in the same forward direction, where do you end up? Closer to where you want to go. So it's not about the number. It's not about the quantity. It's the quality. And that is what allows you to focus in your days to get that important work done, close that work compartment behind you, and give your family your full focus. Isn't that what we really want? I mean, that's why I went into entrepreneurship. I really wanted to be able to be focused on my kids when it was time to be at home and I was able to set my own schedule. And we think that we should be able to do that, but then we're working like 80, 90 hours a week. And that happens because you're doing all the things. Choose fewer things, things that are more important, but fewer of them, pour yourself more fully into them. You'll get better results, better quality of life, and happier. I mean, happier. Let's be happier. Yeah, absolutely. And I can attest to this because my husband and I do a planning session every single month and we just had our kind of kick the year off one. That's like a full day. We do like seven or eight hours. We Uh map out the year and we actually include into that, that whole process the standard for how many of certain things we're willing to do or how much, like we put a cap on things um, so that, that mm-hmm. so we know what to say no to and what to say yes to. And when you have those standards and you have that process already in place, saying no isn't as hard of a decision because you know, okay, does this fit or does it not? And it's, it's a little more right. black and white versus everything being in the gray of like, oh, well, this could be a really good PR opportunity. Maybe I should take that stage, but it doesn't comply with what you just said you wanted for your year or for your life or for the time that you have with your family. So, you know, we set only X amount of speaking engagements, even if the speaking engagements are awesome, only X amount of travel for this year and events that we're attending. So like, that allowed us to say, what are the most important ones to us? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we can say no to the other ones confidently without feeling bad. Or it's very easy to then say to the people, thank you so much for that opportunity. I so appreciate it. Please keep me in the mind in mind for the future, but we're already capped on that for this year. And it, it, yeah. it 
feels in alignment with my values and our vision for what we're trying to build and a lot less stressful and a lot more. Oh my gosh. Yes. So much less stressful. And part of it is that you have set this up ahead of time. So you're taking the thinking out of it, right? So when the opportunity comes and you've only said, we're going to say yes to five speaking engagements, when opportunity number six or seven or eight or beyond comes calling, it's like, nope, we've already made that decision. So you're not having to rethink it or overthink it, which is what we do. We overanalyze, right? We get analysis paralysis. You've made that decision ahead of time. So I love that you're doing that. You're giving yourself constraints. And I think so often we feel like when we limit ourselves, when we set those boundaries for ourselves, that we are limiting our opportunities. And in effect, you're really allowing those opportunities to flourish because then you're all in for those five speaking events. Instead of feeling exhausted and worn out and not giving your all or your best version of you, you're really able to pour more fully into it when you take fewer things. I love that you set that up ahead of time. My husband and I, we do a two-day planning We usually do it around November and then we do one day check-ins every quarter Mm -hmm. to kind of make sure like, how are we doing? And we reset and recalibrate goals and do things like that based off of what's happening. So I love that you and your husband do that. I feel like that communication is really so important to be able to have everybody on your team on board and knowing what's happening and in agreement, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, And with that, for anyone listening that their husband isn't involved in their business or their spouse or whomever, they should still Mm -hmm. be a part of this process because it never feels good to be on the receiving end of, oh yeah, I'm going away again next week or nope, sorry, I have a launch coming up. So I'm going to basically be down and out for the next month working on this thing. Like when they are included in the planning process, they can prepare mentally for what you have coming down the pike. And you guys can have those real conversations of like, oh, you know what? We do have that family travel that we have coming up. Maybe this isn't a good month for you to push for X, Y, Z. And it forms the bond more strongly, even if that person, that opposite person isn't, you know, actually working that business with you. I found that really helps. Yep. I I absolutely agree. So my husband happens to work with me. He's my CMO. I'm the CEO. So he technically works for me. Uh, (laughs) But um, we have those conversations and I think it's really important. And even more so too, I bring my kids into these conversations. My kids are a big part of these planning exercises and activities. And they have been since they were really little because I want them to buy into it as well. I think it's really hard to ask people for their support. If you're working in a vacuum, if you're not sharing things with them, it's hard to say, okay, Oh, I'm leaving. I'm going out of town for the speaking engagement and expect them to be like, Oh, that's great. I mean, they're like, what, what's happening. But if you keep them along on the ride, if you make them feel like they're an active part of it, they are just as invested as you are. And I think, you know, even with my children, as I mentioned, I started my first business when they were literally playing at my feet. Since they were teeny tiny, two and three years old, I really started involving them in things in my business. So they felt like they were a part of it. So that when mom has launches and I'm, you know, okay, mom is not cooking dinner for the (laughs) next two weeks. They get it. They understand and they understand what's going on because they know what I do at work. My kids fully 100% understand what I'm doing. They come with me into work from time to time. Now that they're older, they can take more hands-on roles when it's time. But um, I love the fact that my kids totally are not only excited about what I do, but they're proud because they know what I do. And they're happy to tell their friends, my mom writes books and my mom sells planners and my mom does these things because they feel like they're a part of building that up. So bringing your team in, I think is, and I call my family a team. I think, you know, we have teams at work, but we also have a team at home 
we should feel good relying on them, allowing them to support us and encourage us. I think allowing others to lift us up is a gift that we can give to everybody else. So allowing them to have that opportunity during a launch or during a challenging phase of your business to come in and maybe do a little extra work to help out at home or do those things, that makes them feel more part of the team. Mm, Totally agree. Well, I'm curious in this uh, journey to everything you've built now, I always like to ask people who, whether it's someone in your inner circle or someone that you've kind of watched from afar for years in mentorship, who has inspired you in this category, in this area of your life? Yeah. Well, I think it's so important that we rely on each other and look to each other for inspiration, you know, not comparisonism by any stretch, but having that support for me, one of the things that has truly been most inspirational is working together with other women business owners who are running their businesses in different industries than Mm -hmm. me. And we look to each other for inspiration. We look to each other for support and we look to each other for education because, because we're in different industries. I think it's so beneficial because we have different gurus and we have different people that we're looking to, right. For different advice. And then we can come together. So I've been doing peer led masterminds and which just means it's not a paid group. It's something that I, I meet with other women at the same level of business as me and networking and through that, I feel like I've been more inspired, more pushed in a positive way, more loved and supported by being able to have those conversations. So there's a group of women that I've been masterminding with for the past like four years that I love. And then I've recently joined into another mastermind with another group of people. And I feel like when we do that, when we, when we actively work to support each other, we lift everybody up. Yeah. So that's kind of how, how I have found a lot of my inspiration is through these peer-led masterminds, even just reaching out to people and saying, hey, let's meet, let's just chat and let's, let's talk about what we can do to grow each other's businesses and support each other. I think that to me far exceeds anything I've gotten from watching someone else's social media feed from afar because I feel like you get the real behind the scenes. You get the real advice and the real support. So that's, that's one of my best pieces of advice for people who are wanting to grow in their entrepreneurial space is really find that support system. It may be people that you've not met in person and only met online. That doesn't make, you know, that doesn't make a difference at all. Grow those relationships and help each other grow those businesses. Yeah. There's such power in that. I've experienced it myself. Mm -hmm. It's why I pay to join masterminds myself. That rising tide Mm -hmm. raises all boats mentality. I run masterminds myself because I see the power of it in my students and and absolutely. And it's so accessible to us now. You know, like you said, it doesn't have to be, you know, in person all the time we can. And I think the, one of the biggest benefits just to kind of piggyback on what you just said, because I just think it's so important. People don't value it enough or do it enough. They act as an island when they're an entrepreneur, which is dangerous, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is you get to see the the struggles too. Because when you are watching from afar and you're watching social media or whatever it is, you're not seeing the struggles necessarily. You're comparing yourself to someone who is only sharing all their wins. And you're focusing on how many different ways you're inadequate and like, why aren't they going through this struggle or why aren't they getting no's from prospects or why, you know, whatever they're, when you're in a mastermind or when you're in a community or peer led group or whatever it is, all of a sudden you get to see that you're human, they're human, and you're all in a a very similar boat and you can help 
each other because you some of you have been through those struggles that the other ones are going through and can say, hey, when I navigated that, this is what I did. And, right. and the uh, bounce back of pain or failure is so much quicker because you have both the support and the guidance of like, oh yeah, that happened to me. Do this. Don't make this mistake. And so I'm with you on that completely. This has been awesome. And I think it's going to breathe some life into our very overwhelmed students and clients and listeners who are just on that hamster wheel and feel like maybe if I just keep doing this enough, eventually it'll stop being hard. Right. If I stop being an island, if I, you know, yes. I love what you said there about being an island because I think you're absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. Too many people are, are struggling alone. And I think they're struggling with this productivity and feeling like they're getting to where they want to go and doing it in the way that they should be. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I'm, I'm really excited to have our listeners read Joy of Missing Out because I think it is going to revolutionize the way that they, they think and the way they operate in their day-to-day and big picture. And I just love the work that you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing it. Thank you so much for having me. I am, I'm very passionate about the book and about what I teach because I know it works because I've sure. lived it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's really what excites me. So thank you so much for letting me come on the show and chat with you about it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll link in the show notes to the book. And where else can people come find you? Yeah. One of the best places to find me is my website, tanyadalton.com. So Tanya with an O and a Y. You can find links to my podcast there. So I have a weekly podcast. You can find links to the book as well as the products and videos and and, um, all those different things that I have going on. So that would be a great place, tanyadalton.com. Awesome. We'll link to that as well. And again, Tanya, thank you. This was amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.